all the good words. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to beat you, by the way. For what? For all that. Yeah, I I saw the post too, and it said all this stuff. I'm like, ah, I love you, Adam. <laughs> it helps to remember what you've done. I guess sometimes it's hard. And he froze. Do you ever feel? Do you ever get that feeling like, man, I haven't done nearly enough? And then yeah. sometimes somebody rattles off that that list of things you have done, and you're like, oh wait a minute, I guess I have done some stuff. <laughs> yeah i guess you've it, done a lot of stuff julio it's weird man like i uh, he seriously froze all i see is like his eyes bulging out <laughs> <laughs> it's a great pause yeah right action kinetic perfect for an artist yeah right it's the surprise look <laughs> i hope he's not recording this I think he is. Aww. I wonder if he is recording it. If if we're getting these looks, I wonder. <laughs> I wonder what he's oh, getting from us. Oh. All right. Oh. Oh, and he froze again. Oh no. <laughs> Was it something I said? It, it's because you have you and Adam on there, and like the power of the cryptic closet stuff is happening right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's too spooky. Too spooky. I know we're still only in uh, September, but I got to oh. tell you guys, I'm starting to feel the power, the yeah, power right? of the spooky times. I can feel yeah. October creeping up on us. Halloween, I can smell it already. And that's not just the pumpkin spice latte hand cream <laughs> I have on right now. <laughs> I want to know what I missed out on when I was dropping in and out of connection here. Uh, we're uh, just filler. Filler. Yeah. I believe well, Julio I'm, I'm was going to beat you. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah. Uh, but I think uh, it, everything recorded, so I, I don't know if I have to edit things out. I will. But um, Julio, welcome to uh, welcome to the show, uh, and uh, thanks for taking some time to hang out with us. Yeah, thanks for being here. Well, thanks for having me. Anytime I get to talk to like two of my closest, dearest friends, I will jump at the the chance to do so. Woo-hoo. Yeah. And oh, sure. and us too. And and yeah, day yeah. one, day one podcast, uh, pencil vomit listener since day one. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. So yeah, so people do listen. Uh, <laughs> Look, he's got the shirt on and the hat. He's yeah. got the earrings. <laughs> yeah. the, the he, pencil vomit he eye the whole patch. Pre- yeah. Got the whole press kit <laughs> that we <laughs> send out. See my looks pencil good. vomit, looks good. Uh, my bling bling, my <laughs> the diamond encrusted vomit coming out of the the pencil. <laughs> oh, the one day, <laughs> one we're gonna day. make this show hood rich now. That's <laughs> yeah. Oh. Ben Miller, you hear that? <laughs> His ears are ringing right now. He's gonna Facebook message me in like two minutes. <laughs> He looks up at the sky. He's like, somebody <laughs> called my name. Something uh, something is happening now. So um, we've all known each other for uh, a, a few years now. I mean, almost going on a decade. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is, kind of, which is crazy to think about. And um, I think that from time to time, we've all talked about kind of like our backstories and uh, where we kind of got our inspiration and and things from but uh i am going to ask you a couple questions here or we are going to ask some questions and um one of the first ones is uh when did you know you got infected with a creative bug like do you have a specific like point in time that you can like clearly remember um yes and no I can't like pinpoint the actual time. Like, I don't know the age. I know I was just a little kid, but it did have to deal with graffiti on the trains. Cause in Chicago, you know, it's all trains. Mm-hmm. It's right. everything. Well, in Hammond and that, I mean, you can't go anywhere without crossing the train track. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, so Literally. Seeing graffiti and my uncle getting me into comic books and the one the time I knew is when um, 
what was it? It was a Walden Books in yeah. Southwick Mall. Mm-hmm. And you remember they? I don't know if they still do it, but they would do those kits, like how to draw kits, and they'll come with pencil and an instructional booklet. And oh, sure, there's tons of them. Yeah. So there was a how to create your own comic book kit, and it came with like two comics, twenty four pages, um, all blank, and it came with a pencil eraser, uh, sharpener, and some color pencils. And, and a bottle of scotch. <laughs> and hence why I like whiskey. It's uh, a Jack well, Kirby <laughs> bobblehead and just says, comics will break your heart, kid. Comics will break your heart, kid. Comics. <laughs> oh, no. When you're saying that, I just heard, like, dental plan. Lisa needs braces. The whole break time. your heart, kid. <laughs> dental plan. Break your heart, kid. <laughs> And, um, we're like, we're in the living room. It's my mom, my stepdad and myself and something's on the TV and I just break out the kit and I do star Wars versus X-Men. Oh, and oh, I'm, I'm I drawing. I that. Do you still have that somewhere? Tell it's me you've somewhere got at somewhere. my mom's house. Oh, oh yeah, I, yeah. I'd love to see and that. And it's just like, there it's. They're trying to figure out how to get there, and I just remember the last. I left it on like a cliffhanger of Magneto in the electric ball, like how he was in the the cartoons, like when they show him, yeah. And he's floating in space, heading to a star destroyer. Oh yeah! And it was like that's what it was going to be. Was like the the showdown was going to be Vader versus Magneto, and it's like Luke versus Cyclops and the the whole thing. And ever since then, I've just been like drawing Ninja Turtles and. All the stuff from the 80s, like Turtles, He-Man, Transformer stuff. And I always wanted to color and and stuff like that. So that's when I was hooked. Like, I always had to draw something. I got yelled at at school for drawing. I remember um, when I got older, I was in Sunday school. And the teacher, like, threw something at me. Because they're talking about the sermon or something. And I'm a pen. And I'm, like doing graffiti letters all over this thing about Jesus and getting yelled at about that. And so it's always been nonstop. Like my notebooks from school all had sketches or ideas or like some sort of offshoot of a Marvel character or something on there. So since I was a little tyke who didn't know how to read, who still doesn't know how to read. (laughs) Uh, That, that's awesome. So you don't like you don't remember like the age, but like having those influences and having kind of like like the Star Wars versus X Men thing. And who would have thought they were owned by the same company now? All yeah, these right? years later. Um, <laughs> but at the time, I mean, seriously, at the time, Marvel's publishing Star Wars and X Men books got the same. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Some um, great ones. Those Al Williamson oh, Star Wars books. Man, it oh, doesn't so get much good. better than that. And uh i think walt simonson drew some of those too yes. or did some layouts on them mm-hmm. and they're just amazing some howard chaken stuff in there too oh, this is a real yeah. murderer's row of awesomeness coming yeah. through but there you think about like all those licensed comics that they did when they had gi joe transformers and then godzilla. star wars and godzilla too marvel yeah. had godzilla yep really yeah i had I no idea like 10 issues or something i don't think i've ever seen those oh man that the Godzilla King of Monsters issue one. It's a red cover and it's just him being all glory and like <laughs> crushing a volcano. It's gorgeous. Gorgeous book. That sounds awesome. That yeah. I would I would I need to look that one up. <laughs> I, I tell you what, Julio, I still see, you know, I'm a I'm a big uh, bibliophile. I love me some books. And we've got a uh Barnes and Nobles just down the street here and when you walk in in the foyer there they've got stacks of those kit books nice and they Mm -hmm. usually have at least one if not multiple different versions of that make your own comic kit you know yeah and I it's hard for me to to not buy those even now (laughs) (laughs) like it just they just look so good to me like the the potential you know what I mean that like fresh pencil that that unblemished comic you know just waiting to have 
anything put into it, any story you know oh, yeah. i'm like oh it's <laughs> awesome let's, let's do it, that <laughs> and I, i'm glad they still make those things for the kids i mean and a lot of it a lot of the stuff that i see like when i go to the like i'll go to a michaels or something and i see those as well mm-hmm. and they're the uh it, a lot of it is is uh manga or like yeah. how to draw your like anime or drawing these things and it's become more and more that than I remember just saying going to Barnes and Noble or going to Walden Books or mm-hmm. and saying how to draw comics the Marvel way. Yeah. And yeah. it was everywhere. And I know they did a second edition of that recently. Or Yeah, yeah, right. I saw that. Well, I, and yeah. I would love to get my hands on that to see how much has changed and like do a compare and contrast. Oh boy. Um, yeah. I, I don't know that they changed a whole heck of a lot. I think a lot of it is exactly uh, like it used to be. I, I really do. I'm pretty sure I saw them flip through it at least on yeah. cartoonist kayfabe at one yeah. point while they were talking about the new version of it. And it was, I think it was just that John Busema artwork, yeah. you know, yeah. and uh, Stan Lee, hyperbole and uh <laughs> that's awesome that's some cool stuff you know it's some real good solid uh foundational stuff in there you know right oh, yeah. it it and it's i mean it's helped how many artists over the years mm-hmm. like kind of break <laughs> in and figure out how to tell stories visually um and, and going back to that i mean that to me is one of my kind of touch points is the first time i saw that book i'm like oh this is how you do it this is i mean i think that was one of the first things that kind of said oh you can do this too you can make comic yeah. books so what was your biggest influence then it after you started doing uh your your comics and drawing your 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 turtles and uh, <laughs> he-man um, that, like, when did you figure out, like, like, I, because you said graffiti, yeah, and that's super evident in your 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 creative style. Thank you. And you you kind of see that still come through today. And um, was that kind of seen the biggest influence, or was there a person, or is there something else? I would say there there was multiple things. Um. Because, again, like around here that I wasn't fortunate to go to an art museum until I was in college. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't exposed to that stuff until later. And, it, and to be honest, it was by my choice, which kind of sounds dumb. But at the at the time, it was something else. Um, so I was mostly exposed to what was around me. A lot of it was uh, griff work and comic books. So there was, there still is a crew out here called Kessa, crazy in style artists. And um, they had a studio in East Chicago. Then it moved to Hammond. Uh, and then they kind of disbanded. But they had another studio. Uh, one of the guys had a studio somewhere else. And they would do open studio nights where you can just come in with a sketchbook and watch them work and you can work. So it was a very creative environment. That's really cool. And yeah. um, so I, I would go there with my sketchbook and there would be a bunch of kids in there with the like old, I wouldn't say they were too much older than us, but they were a little bit along the way and they were doing their thing and it, it was really cool. So how, just, how about how old were you when you started doing that? I was probably 13. Wow. Going that's, to that. Um, that's bold, man. That's really impressive. Yeah. And, and the cool thing was, like, I was kind of a latchkey kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, my grandmother knew where I was at all times. My mom was working. My uncle was working at the mill. So, my grandmother would watch me. And as long as I told her, like, hey, I'm going to go do this, I'm going to go do that, I'll be around. She's like, okay, cool. Just be careful. And that's the one thing I liked about her is she knew, like, I was doing. She didn't have to worry about me getting into trouble, even though there was plenty of opportunities for that. <laughs> um, but I was doing creative stuff. So I was doing that. And then my uncle was more frequent with taking me to a comic book store every Wednesday whenever he could. 
Nice. So I was getting more exposed to different artists. And at the time, you know, the time I was going, it was 90s. So you had Jim Lee, Rob Liefeld, Todd McFarlane, Silvestri, uh, Larson. You had all the who are now like the legends for for older yeah. people now. And I'm looking at them stuff and I fell in love with Jim Lee. Like, and this is X-Men Jim Lee, like Wildcat, you know, kind of before mm-hmm. Wildcats <laughs> and all that. And I fell in love with his work and how well he drew everything, the way he used his lines and the hatching and, and stippling. And I thought he was everything. So I wanted to mimic his style so much. Uh, like I would kind of trace his stuff or, you know, use reference to his stuff. And that went into college. And then um, when I got to college, that's when I really deep dove into art Um during high school, I didn't have art classes or anything because I wanted to make music. I was in a band for so many years. Uh, I thought that was what I was going to do. And so art was kind of very much on the back burner, even though like I created the logo for our band and the album cover and, and stuff like that. But it was just more hobby mm-hmm. as, as opposed to what it is now. And um, when stuff happens you know, in music, I don't play well with others, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) But that is, that is so like to think about that and to think about where you've gone. Right. So if you don't play well with others musically, creatively. Yeah, exactly. You are, you are such a collaborator. Yeah. Yeah. And that's That's really interesting. (laughs) It's a different creative structure too. I mean, you you're not, I mean, we're not sitting there playing bass and drums or yeah. like next to you. So you can't yell at us cause we're <laughs> off tempo. But I, I knowing you now, I would say that like you are the biggest team player. Yeah. And for sure. I, I appreciate that. It just, it, it's very cliche in music to hear ego. You know mm. what I mean? And that's what it, it, and to, to me, that's what it is. The other guys can say what they want to say. And there's every part to a story. And my end was just like, it was ego. It didn't work out, whatever. We're all for the better for it now. Um, and so in college, it that music dream kind of died. And I would DJ here and there because I music's a big part of me, um, which I know you guys know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, I couldn't let that go. So I wanted to do it something else. I was like, I'm in college and I'm the first one to go to college in my, in my family. Like my mom and uncle went, but they didn't finish. And I felt a a tremendous amount of pressure. Like, what am I going to do? And then at the time, like I was saying, by I wanted to be like military police. I wanted to be a private investigator uh, just because my uncle, um, my uncle's like a big influence on my life period. And uh, he would talk to me about the Zodiac Killer case and true crime and stuff like that. So I was like, man, I, I want to investigate. Hey, these things. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> I can stop them. Um, and so I was like, ah, I got to be a little bit more realistic. What can I go for? And my mom's like, why don't you just draw? Like, you always had it. You always seem kind of passionate about it. Do it. And so I went to college. I met one of my closest friends. Uh, there uh, and we started off not liking each other when we first met yeah and we are like one of the he's one of my closest friends to this day and that's where I got to be exposed to like gothic art and hatching and stuff like that and uh, you guys talked about teachers on one of your episodes Mm -hmm. um, and how you were taught and how you want to teach and stuff like that and Martin Martinez and Wes Barrier were the two guys who were the ones who kind of adapted their style of teaching. They saw what you were into, what you liked, and even though it might not be in their realm, they figured out how to still teach you the principles or the elements of that lesson within your stuff. That's brilliant. And yeah. so Martin's a, Martin's a great, great guy. I've, I've met Martin. I, I, I've had some great experiences with him and 
I mean, just a, another great guy to have in your corner. I mean, he is such a cheerleader, and oh. I see that kind of influence. Kind, of, I mean, that definitely had a huge. That guy had a huge impact on you. Yeah, I think. He, yeah, and we still talk like every other day. He still texts me. We figure stuff out, and um, he's my mentor. I couldn't mm. survive college without him. To be honest, That's he helped awesome. me out tremendously. And because of him and Wes, like I was exposed to so much more. Like they taught me like photography, how how camera is a big part of part of storytelling. And if I want to learn how to do comics, I got to learn how to position a camera. Um, you know, I got to learn storyboards. I got to learn photography. I got to learn lighting. I got to learn life drawing and and all this stuff. And that was probably the best thing I've ever did was going through them and. It, like I said, it exposed me to like cultural art and stuff like that. So I was, that started coming in and stuff like that. Like I noticed how Griff influenced other people like Warhol and uh, yeah, it, it was just crazy, man. Just seeing like illustrations and uh, Adam and I went to the art Institute last year and we're looking at etchings and we're like, dude, this could be a, a, a Mike Magonia and stuff like that. Like you look at all that and still see how everything affects one another or influences. And so it just became this big melting pot after college. And I, I mean, you guys are my influences too. I watch you guys work and figure out what you guys do and ask you guys a million questions where you're like, just leave me the hell alone already. Stop calling me. Uh Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I see what the problem is here. Yeah. (laughs) I see two problems here. But that, so like uh, very diverse backgrounds. And what's really, really interesting to me, Bill's in Whiting, like Just North a couple Hammond. miles down the road, yeah. yeah. You're in East Chicago. I'm in Hammond, yeah, like South Hammond. And we're all there at the same time, kind of doing our things independently, kind of figuring these things out. And you're a couple years behind us, but like it's still that same universe. Yeah. Right? It's still those same things. Like we all know the trains. We all know the problems with the trains. I was sitting outside of a train like this morning on my way to, <laughs> to work this morning. I was sitting there and I'm watching the train go past and I'm just, I'm looking at graffiti. Yeah. And oh, I'm looking at like cool how amazing this is with these guys, the guys in the spray cans. I've always admired that form of art and the guys who could do the big murals and do really stylized things so much fun and then to take that your musical background comic books and kind of melt like you've funneled that in and i think all three of us in some way shape or form are defined by this northwest indiana like shadow of chicago Mm -hmm. Um, definitely like it, there there's an element of that that grime or that uh that work ethic that midwestern work work ethic that's in there inherently um and it's it's just it it's one of those things that when you meet people from the i hate i, I from the region um <laughs> it, it's it you, you don't necessarily like you could say and, and you could talk about hey the traffic in lake county is terrible or like uh but like to have those same kind of influences and have yeah. those same frames of reference and then all of a sudden oh now we're all friends like those <laughs> same guys twice what 30 years ago or 20 something years ago doing the same thing mm-hmm. riding the trains like uh looking at graffiti reading 90s comic books all same influences and now kind of all all sitting here on a podcast <laughs> I wonder how about, often talking about those things I wonder how often we were on the train together and just didn't know it oh didn't that would have been other, you know I'm oh. sure it had to have happened you There's know, some I'm, sort of like sliding doors alternative yeah. <laughs> like our alternate universe like oh yeah. like, <laughs> like I, I'm I, sure. Bill and I have 
cross paths at Amazing Fantasy in, in Cal City mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. plenty of times. I shot well, there too. I, you know? That's where I picked up Scud for the first time yeah. and kind of like changed my whole I, – I remember walking there from Hammond to Cal City oh, specifically mm-hmm. to go to Amazing Fantasy. <laughs> and I would have my headphones on and like – these are all and like I worked at toy at Toys R Us in Calumet City. Oh, just down the road there in the mall. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, well, right outside there. Yeah. And I mean, as collectors and people who like nerdy things, I'm sure you guys pass through those doors. Definitely. And yeah. we 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 cross paths there. So it it it's it. I don't know. And I'm gonna like get all weird about it, but it is kind of serendipity and almost. Like, I hate to say that fates control the universe, but there's some sort of cosmic intervention that lets people experience similar things and kind of pull them through their own uh, kaleidoscope and put it put it into to whatever they do. And I mean, it it just kind of works out that way. So I I don't know. I'm rambling. Uh, (laughs) It probably makes no sense. No, it, it does because if I mean, if you listen, like I know we talk about it, and I don't know how often it's been put out there, like how you and I met, yeah, and then how you and Bill met, right? And how you and Ashley met, and how you and Skills met, and how you, me, and Miller met, and right. so and how me and Bill, like it, it was to me like how you were saying it, it happened for a reason. Like right. there was a reason for it. It just those times that we all in, intersected. It it just wasn't time yet, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it 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 is crazy to think about that though. Like, oh, what if I like bumped into one of you guys and like knocked a book out of your hand, right? Like, <laughs> in the nineties, yeah, you know? right. How how would things be different? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That is pretty crazy. So here's here's a big question for you. Ooh. Or two-part question. Oh, shit. Uh, what's the worst and best thing that someone has ever said to you creatively? Oh, wow. Uh, you can start with either one. It does, you okay. can start with the good and then go to the bad. Or The <laughs> worst thing probably was I can't hire you because I can't make money off of you. Huh. God, that's... Uh, yeah, and that—that's a that, shitty thing to say. Yeah, oh. yeah. That was... on the other hand, that's probably their problem. Yeah, right. You know. Yeah. Well, it's um, not your fault that he can't make money off of you. It's their fault. Well, <laughs> right. so Are this... they making money anyway? <laughs> like... Well, um, I don't know if that person's still at that company, but right. Yeah. Um. So long story short for that one was it was like one of the first years C2E2 had started, excuse Mm -hmm. me, um, and DC was holding tryouts. Oh. And it was like you had – it was weird. It was like elimination type contest. Oh, geez. I hate that shit. And so (laughs) I got past where they'll – I got past the first round, and the second Mm -hmm. one round was you got to sit down with an editor. And it was like a thousand, whatever. It was a god awful amount of people, and it narrowed down to fifty. And I got in the in the fifty. And That's pretty nice. Yeah, I was like, cool. And again, I'm in college still. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I was just like, yeah, I can make comics, and I know how to draw and whatever. Knowing my <laughs> anatomy's all messed up and it, whatever. Trial <laughs> uh, trial by fire type deal. And so whoever it was, I'm not going to name names, uh, was like, hey, this is good. I kind of dig this. I like your style. However, you never did anything before and you're not a name, so I can't make money off you, meaning I can't hire you. And I was just like, all right, cool. Fair enough. Um, the best thing that someone has said um, happened at C2E2. Um, we were there, and uh, it was one of my buddies. Uh, he was looking at the array that was Gorilla Publishing, and 
and it was one guy known since two guys I known since high school, and one guy's like, oh man, the pride of EC, and my other buddy hits him. He goes, no, the pride of Northwest Indiana, uh-huh. and I was just like. I kind of teared up, and I think I like grabbed yes. Adam or something, or I hit him. <laughs> I, I, it just like that. I felt good, um, just knowing like from guys that I've known since mm-hmm. I was like in my teens, knowing like I, I essentially I was lost in high school. I didn't know I was like this music thing's gonna happen, right? And it's as good as trying to get into the MLB or NBA or whatever. And so it, it that was probably the best thing. It was, was that's, that. that's a good one. Yeah, that is, that is really great. And I, I remember that pretty vividly because <laughs> we had a, a line at the gorilla booth. And uh, for those who don't know or don't listen or uh, don't kind of follow the three of us on social media or anything, uh, Julio is a co-founder and kind of uh, creative guru at uh at, for gorilla publishing which is an independent uh publishing company that publishes comic books and um has grown tremendously over the past how many years now five five years yeah five as, years. as a as a as a publisher um and this was the first year at c2e2 that gorilla publishing had a booth inside of artist alley um, and that is all based on the work that of, of Julio, um, his work was, uh, featured in advertisements and everything for C2E2 based on his wrestling work and illustrations that he has done. So, uh, it, it, it goes back to the hard work that you put in and the recognition that you've uh, achieved that then you shared that spotlight with, uh, gorilla as a as a publishing company so um this goes back to you not being a team player that's a huge team player that's huge. that's a huge, huge team player move because you then you took this independent thing like it, you could have been like this is the julio show yeah. right and set up shop uh but instead you're like no this is a gorilla publishing thing um I you just garbled up there for a minute. Oh, I think he eats Ram Sam. I'm pretty <laughs> yeah, sure that's what I heard. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, <laughs> Ramstein. Uh, I eat Ramstein for breakfast. You <laughs> lost. No. Uh, I should probably re-say that then. Uh, uh, I am a firm believer of if I eat, my friends and family eat, and. Um, honestly, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Gorilla. Um, and those who are like kicking me in the ass every day and to be better. And I know there's no pressure like Adam and, and Miller and Ashley and, and Bill, you guys always tell me no pressure, no pressure. Even though you guys see I'm stressed out like 90% of the time. <laughs> um, but even though there, you guys tell me there's no pressure, I still feel like a pressure. And I, my thing is like, you guys are phenomenal. And I believe everyone should see the work that you guys put out. And if one guy can get out there, it's the job of the other, that guy to bring everyone else with him to that level. Um, and all it, it takes is have, one, yeah, one yeah. of us to and, sneak under the cracks. One of us, one of so when we when we seized that opportunity for c2e2 i was like there's no way in hell i'm not doing this without adam and miller and i mean and we did it and it was fantastic that was probably the most fun i've ever had at a con and um outside of nwi uh because nwi is like our home and we always have a blast and it's usually a good show for us but outside of that c2e2 was like the second biggest and best show we've ever had. Yeah, it was That's so cool. It, it was it, it was pretty phenomenal that whole weekend, and to see the crowds come out uh, to support not just uh, Gorilla, but a lot of it specific specifically. And I'm I'm not blowing smoke here, 
but specifically coming to see you and specifically coming to uh, get your artwork or to have you do commissions and have, and you're, you're very humble. So you're not going to appreciate any of this, <laughs> but, um, and you're going to, and again, you're probably going to kill me. Uh, <laughs> um, but it is, it's one of those things. It's like, and I witnessed it. I saw the whole thing kind of go down over the weekend and I'm like, yeah, good for you. Like I was so proud in that moment to see you at a level with creatively our, our, our peers, right? Artist Alley is, is a showcase of, of everybody that we work with within the comic book industry. Yeah. And you're sitting there doing your thing next to some, some, some big names. So, um, again, that all goes back to you and your hustle and you're willing to collaborate and kind of promote and do all these things that, like, you always put yourself to the back burner and promote everybody else's work. And um, it's it, it goes a lot to show who you are as a person and where those influences come from. Right, you're looking. You you look back at uh, the influence that that your your uncle or your mom or your grandmother have on you, and kind of pushing you, and, and even Martin, right, to, yeah. to push you to to do your thing creatively, and you do that for everybody else around you. So you're you're as much of, uh, I mean, I think I, I don't know if I'm speaking for Bill or not, but I I look to you as a huge influence on how to to be a creator and how to be creative in this industry where it's kind of like we it, it's very isolating and it's not very team driven definitely and you're very much like we're a team we're a family we're going to do this together mm-hmm. so uh, applause to you sir i appreciate it man yeah and now it's on the record <laughs> uh, like it's like it's out there he can't oh, deny it geez. no i can't be like no i never said that <laughs> well you could yeah <laughs> just delete the episode out of nowhere <laughs> it, it was it was actually an algorithm that was uh posing for me for this week the ai has struck again mm, yeah boy, that <laughs> sneaky sneaky ai oh my god uh Speaking of, of that uh, nasty little beast, um, I shared an AI video with Bill. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you watched it, that Metallica and her Sandman video. Did. Of course I did. And I'll, I'll have to share it with you. But it, how unbelievably awesome was that? Yeah. It was, it was I equally... hated everything about it, but I loved it. <laughs> it was equally like hilariously literal and yes. like awesomely <laughs> like, you know, because they did you see that, Julio? Somebody no, fed in like each line of the song, right? <laughs> so they fed in, you know, don't forget little one, you know, and then they they fed in, you know, say your prayers, tuck you in, you know, and yeah. so they 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 fed it one sentence, and then you they got a piece of art for each sentence, and they put, stitched those together with the song to make a video, right? So some of those, <laughs> yeah. some of the lines are pretty banal, and it's just like this hilarious, like image of a weirdly painted kid sitting next to his bed and then the next image is this incredible thing of like a you know a 40 foot tall skeletal figure wreathed in robes like coming out yeah. of like a dark portal or something you know so <laughs> and and those but were were awesome those were they, awesome. they were but the sandman himself yes looked like like look like Sandman. Sandman? Yeah. yeah. Looks yeah. just sure. that, and like that. Okay. So you put Sandman into an algorithm. Mm-hmm. That's what it's going to pull out of it. Yeah. It's like, I really wish it would have pulled like Marvel Sandman and he would have like a green and, <laughs> and like a green and black like sweater. <laughs> like that would have been amazing. That would be fantastic. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Why has that not become a thing? Why hasn't somebody done that combo mashup? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man, it's got to be out there somewhere. Uh, there has a sand, a Sandman, Sandman mashup. A, exactly. <laughs> well, or Sandman, Sandman, Sandman mashup, where you go with the original DC Sandman. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. To the Sandman song. So you yes. get them all, get it all in there. <laughs> oh God, yeah. So it's it's layers upon layers upon layers. Oh jeez, it's an onion. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's making me cry. It really. <laughs> <That's for sure. laughs> oh boy. Um. So, uh, the last it, God, the, I'm I keep going back to that worst thing, like that you said. Um, not to go back to it, and I hate to like have you relive that, but like, no. do you think about that at all now? Like to say, oh, you're not marketable. I can't, I can't sell your artwork when you literally have one of the top T-shirts selling for AEW <laughs> yeah. right now. Like, yeah. you, if not the most popular T-shirt on the market for AEW wrestling right now, it, it, it's surreal that part. But yeah, yeah it, it still hits every once in a while. Like it, it, I won't say it's traumatizing, but you always hear it in the <laughs> yeah. back of your head. Yeah, you know, as artists already, uh, and then you guys touched on this on an episode is you're your own worst enemy mm-hmm. the whole time. Like you start having imposter syndrome, and when that kicks in, it, it's basically all downhill from there. So. We're gonna have to do a whole episode on imposter syndrome. Oh man, I want in on that one. Hours. <laughs> um, we'll we'll have to get a real like licensed psychiatrist. In there. <laughs> um, so when that hits, I hear that voice and I relive mm-hmm. that thing. Mm-hmm. And it, like I said, it's not traumatic. It's just it get you know when you're already feeling like down in the barrel. That's the one thing that keeps going. And sometimes like also. There's another thing uh, It was probably the worst thing that wasn't said to, to me directly was he'll, he's not good enough to make a living off his art. Hmm. And I saw that person recently <laughs> and they walked away from me so fast. <laughs> it was oh. hilarious. <laughs> well, um, they, they realized how wrong they were. Yeah. And, um, but like those things do come back like, and I think about it sometimes and like, oh, especially like if a shirt's not selling or a sticker mm-hmm. or something, I'm like, damn, you know, and uh, I think you guys know this. Like if you're a freelancer or commercial artist or a designer, like everything's hot in three seconds. And if you don't hit that three seconds, it's on to the next thing that's hot for three seconds. And unfortunately, pro wrestling is like that within less than three seconds so you got to make that thing go and if you don't hit it it's on to another artist Mm -hmm. or a different design or something and then you look at your numbers if you do hit it and you're like oh i only sold 10 shirts (laughs) i only sold 10 stickers i i guess they were right really can't make nothing off oh my god you know so i mean it it does come back to haunt me every once in a while and then sometimes like like you just said you know, we have that shirt now. And that was a collaboration with myself and like the main designer for AEW. And it's just like, well, yeah. where I mean, someone made money off of us, you know, for this. <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 okay, so so take that part out of it. And you think about the creative collaboration that you had with another designer. Yeah. And the success that that collaboration brought. Right. It didn't. I mean, financially, I mean, contract work or, or, or work for hire work is work for hire work. Right. Mm-hmm. So you kind of know that going in yeah. and you still get to look at the success because it that success doesn't happen without the creative. Yeah, absolutely. So so you it. it, it is one of those things. Yes, we all look at our stuff and we are like we're sitting there like oh this is garbage like why am i doing this but in the end you can look at this and go okay i sold or a a shirt with my design or something that i created or helped create or facilitate did something that hasn't been done before or like now you set the benchmark oh yeah 
<laughs> so like you're setting you're setting like the bar has been lifted because of your creative output. Yeah. It it's been so so we're we're basically fresh off of that. Like that yeah. shirt dropped on Friday mm-hmm. and it was all out week. For those who don't know what all out week is, I'm sure everybody knows what the Super Bowl or WrestleMania is. That's what all out is. And um so that one part of the tag team, he's like a rapper. Um, and so he performs at the pre-party right before he goes on stage. The owner of pro wrestling tees tells him, Hey man, it's Sunday. You're over a thousand t-shirts sold Wow! within less than 72 hours. And he announces it on, you know, in front of the crowd and everything mm-hmm. before he performs. And then they wrestle for the titles at their WrestleMania. You have the crowd chanting, that t-shirt which is yeah. me daddy ass and then they start singing it <laughs> and and you have um and and adam you you should know who this guy is in the in what they call the attitude era there was a, a group called degeneration x yeah and daddy ass is mr ass or billy gunn from new age outlaws he's wearing the shirt so you think about like wrestling t-shirt history People go, oh, it's Austin 316. Right. The NWO shirt. Mm-hmm. And the DX Suck It shirt. So I have the guy who helped bring that shirt wearing this new shirt that everyone's saying is the new DX shirt. Like, <laughs> oh, kids are going to be like expelled from school because they're wearing a shirt that says Scissor Me Daddy Ass on it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'll be on the lookout. I will seriously. I have yeah. I will be watching the hallways and <laughs> and so I mean it's that stuff is surreal. Like you sit there and you think about it, and it it you know outside of the financial thing, it's just like wow. You know I did this design like how you're saying, but now it's wrestling history. Right. Yeah, you know, and it it's that's the thing. Like, we took that chance on it. Yeah, we we didn't know, and man, and this is the first time I've ever had art direction for designing. Like, we sat there. Really, um, I was going to yeah. ask about that. I, I was oh, really wondering yeah. how the uh, how that works. You know, how you like collaborating, or how how often you have to with it another designer or a wrestler, you know, yeah, you know, how, how that works for you. So basically uh, what it is, it depends on how it's, excuse me, I'm burping a lot, man. Um, uh, it basically depends on how it's liquid. Yeah. It'll so, make you burp. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Liquid yeah, right? death, for not sponsoring <laughs> us yet. <laughs> they need to, they need to get on that. Um, so a wrestler will either contact you personally if you have a rapport or something with them, or it gets handed down from the boss. And the boss goes, hey, they need this kind of design. This is kind of the direction they're looking for. Um, and then uh, there's good things that happen with that and bad things that happen with mm-hmm. that. <laughs> um, and I fortunately experienced both. Um and so for this particular one, it was uh, the the wrestlers knew it was like a big thing because the crowds are chanting it outside before the shirt was made. They were doing shows and you hear it over like the guys like he'll say it on the microphone and the whole crowd erupts with it. And they're doing the hand, the little scissor hand thing. You see, they pan <laughs> to the crowds and they're doing it and guys are bringing like uh, scissor cutouts and the whole nine and, <laughs> and you're sitting there like this thing is gangbusters right now why isn't there anything for it um and so i i befriend i guess i befriended the wrestler his name's max caster and we'll we'll chat and do stuff and he was like hey um we got to go ahead for this design if you want to do it do whatever you want i don't care and i come in to work and I tell the boss, like, hey, Caster told me they got to go ahead and I'm going to work on it. He goes, oh, well, we already made it. 
And I was like, oh, okay. Oh. And, you know, you kind of <laughs> deflate it and yeah. stuff like that. And um, okay. So I, and I tell Stank, and Stank's like, yeah, you know, I'm probably going to get fired for this because this is probably all NBA stuff. But <laughs> who cares? <laughs> um, what basically is like – No we, one listens to this. so <laughs> Yeah, like, don't worry about it. So, yeah, we're, we're good. <laughs> we, um, so he shows me, he goes, hey, why don't you draw the hands? And then I'll work with it, and then we'll figure it out together and stuff like that. And then we go, like, we do it. I draw the hands. I send it over to Stanks. Stanks playing with colors. And, okay, they wear pink. Pink and silver is their thing. So I got to incorporate pink. And, okay, why, you know, we're going to do the scissors this way. And remember the skin tones. And then all of a sudden, the boss comes around. He's like, no, it needs to be this way. This And, and we weren't given any direction on what to do. And all of a sudden, it just slams. For 45 minutes, we have a full-on creative meeting on this thing, and we send like four different concepts over to Caster, and he's sharing it with Bowens, who's his tag team partner, and it's backed and forth text messages and Instagram messages, and um, so that was probably the most like labor-intensive art direction type design I've ever done. Where I get other guys like a Jeff Cobb, who I'm just like, hey, uh. I got this idea. He goes, okay, we'll draw it out and let's see from there. And I'll show it to him. He's like, it's good, brother. Let's go. And then that's it. There, <laughs> you know, and, and like, he'll give his feedback. Like, I love Jeff Cobb. He's a great guy. And, and Adam helped me. Um, Cause I, I didn't know how to vector. So Adam was, <laughs> gotcha, was yeah. Uh, yeah, he was huge help because like for us, we do digital print. So we don't need to vector or anything. We just need a high res PNG. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it prints out like it's a laser printer at your at your home. But because this was New Japan, they do a different style of printing. So everything needed to be vectored and stuff like that. And uh, so Adam helped me create my first New Japan shirt, which not too many American designers get to do. There's only like four Very of us. Very cool. Now. Yeah. Wow. Select um, group. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Adam played wrestling history on that. So he he's secretly in and he doesn't know. Yeah, like how am I in the club? How am I? Like I am the last guy like for wrestling like it to be in that club. Like but I'll, I'll take the cred. I'll take the street cred on this one. But yeah, it, it's like that. Like either you get, you know, like I said, the wrestler who talks to you and just like, hey, I have this idea. And, you know, they'll bounce off you and you can have like a little uh, powwow with them or, you know. You get the, hey, they need this kind of design, this, this, and that, and you troubleshoot, and, you know, uh, there's a bunch of red tape when it comes to AEW because you got to get mm, certain yeah, things, and there's a lot of legal stuff. They're on TV and, you know, not knocking other guys who aren't on TV, but they have a lot more freedom and leeway creatively. Um, so that's that's basically how it goes on that end. It sounds like it runs the gamut from uh, yeah, almost no direction at all to – like a hawk over your shoulder, depending. Oh. They, they must have. There must have been a feeling that this uh, scissor me shirt is going to be a big seller, you know. And they really needed to get some fingers on there to prove that they were involved, right? Well, you know. Was, so we get a lot of those where it's like the fans are asking, the, you know, this and this and that, and then you do the shirt and then it doesn't move. You know, there's, sure. there's a lot of those where we thought this one was kind of going to be that way. And then like, we're just checking numbers because uh, we could see the stuff in real time selling. And all you hear is 50. And we look around and it's like, what do you mean 50? It's like 50 shirts sold and it's only been up for 10 minutes. 100. Wow. It's only been 20 minutes. And it keeps going. We're like, what the hell is going on? So we're just like, <laughs> and by the end of the day, like we're looking at them, we're like, oh man, we're at like 800 by the end of the day. And it's like, next thing you know, it's up as a bestseller and stuff like that. And we're just like, holy cow. And like today, and, and you know, it helps too, like on the release days. Because um, during a during that time for AEW, uh, Pro Wrestling Tees and AEW run their, like one of their biggest sales of the year for Labor, uh, Labor Day. So it helped that the Labor Day sale was yeah. 20% off. Then they wore the shirt that day when it got mm-hmm. released. So it was even more than. So it was like they finally struck when the iron was hot type deal. And it, it, and it worked I, out. 
timing is everything creatively sometimes, but again, a lot of that does have to go back to what you're doing and having your finger on the pulse, right? You understand the industry. You understand what the, the fans are looking for. You're a fan yourself. Oh yeah. And you're a lifelong fan. So you kind of, you get that. Yeah. And, uh, that's a big deal. Yeah. Would I, it's kind of one of those things. Would you wear that thing when, uh, if it was, if it was out, Right. Like if you saw this thing and you were younger, do you kind of do this in service to like yourself as a fan sometimes? Yeah. Is that what you're is that what you're thinking about creatively, too? It's like, oh, is this a shirt that I would wear or is this a shirt that a friend of mine would wear? Yeah. Because they're a fan of that specific person or. Yeah, I that's what I think of right away is like, would I wear it? And yeah. then, like, the stuff I wear is different. And so I got to remember, like, what would everyone wear? Or what fits that wrestler? Would that wrestler wear that shirt? You right. know, like, will his manager wear that shirt type deal? So a lot of that plays in. And it's like, well, what can I pull from that wrestler that they like? What what colors do they really use a lot? Or what mat? like, for the luchadors, what masks do they always wear? You know, right. what's, what's the one that they always do? Um so I always think of like stuff like that or like I sit there like, oh, what would someone who doesn't know anything about wrestling but might think that's a cool T-shirt? How, right. how do I appeal yeah. to them? Yeah. And one – so like the ones that started that, of course, was like back in the early times was the Austin 316 shirt. Because mm-hmm. all it said was Austin 316. Back it was a skull with like flames coming out of its eyes. Right. Like stone Cold. So if you didn't know it was a wrestling show, you're just like, oh, man, that's kind of badass. But what does Austin 316 mean? And right. then you had that, uh, like, uh, what is it, like, ransom-style stamp letter with the N- NWO shirt. And everybody, like, knew at the time what New World Order meant, wrestling or right. not wrestling. It was like it could have been a government conspiracy-type <laughs> shirt or something like that. <laughs> but uh, recently, like, within the last, I want to say, 10 years, has been the Bullet Club shirt. Right. That's been like, there's people who wear that shirt or have been exposed to that shirt in some sort of fashion. And like, it looks like a band t shirt. Yeah. You know? And yeah. that, yeah. And that's the thing like, wrestling shirts are starting to change from what they were in the 80s, early 90s, because it used to be like these big oversized prints and you see like a ripped guy. It looked like a world gem right. shirt. And now, like, the shirts have evolved where, like, they either look like death metal shirts or punk rock shirts or metal shirts or hip-hop shirts. And it's different. Like, now it's, like, the kids who wear, like, a Slipknot shirt is, like, name three Slipknot songs. And they can't do it. They just thought the design was cool. And that's how I feel, like, the wrestling apparel industry has changed. Yeah. Is where now we're thinking, like, not only the wrestler, and it has to be a wrestling shirt, but how do we make this look cool for everyone to like appreciate? I mean, that's just a good idea all around, you know, right. appeal to I as mean, many people as possible. Scam as much money out of people as you can. <laughs> get in, get out, make money. Oh, yeah. On to the next town. Yeah. <laughs> Monorail. Monorail. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Oh, man. Two Simpsons <laughs> references in one episode. Mm, I know. <laughs> Good stuff. Awesome. Well, um, anything new creative coming up from your yourself? Me I know there's some new stuff. Yeah, I know there's some new stuff coming up uh, from Gorilla Publishing, but what uh, what's Julio Guerra got up his sleeve? Um, new death bag. Nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's so, right. Um. Outside of that, like, I just did a painting for the Horror House uh, for their Kickstarter. I did a wooden block of one of the aliens from They Live. I saw that on Instagram. Those are, those are really, that's looking really cool. Very cool. Thank you. Uh, So probably more painting. Uh, I haven't painted in a very long time and it's very uh, decompressing. And I love that might be the theme of the the show is like, (laughs) everybody wants to paint. 
Yeah. Did you buy one of Bill's $60 brush? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, here, buy the. And it's funny that uh, when you were talking about it, Wes uh, was my oil painting teacher. And mm-hmm. he had a set of those. Those uh, And you only room? got to use them if he knew you were serious about what you were uh, painting. Oh. Yeah. And it was like me, Derek, and one other guy um, who got to use them. Like everyone else had to use like these cheap, like, Blick praying, and, yeah, praying or, or the, hey, uh, we've not done praying enough, <laughs> or like the, I, oh, I love you, praying. <laughs> they're made by Ticonderoga, like they're the same company. <laughs> the name you, just it just lends itself. It's it's almost a swear word, you know. Ah, oh, praying. I think I'm gonna use that as an onomatopoeia somewhere. <laughs> I, dude, I pranged my knee, man. It's oh, really, oh. Ah, it's killing me now. <laughs> or rose art they had to use the rose art <laughs> um but yeah they had to use the blick or the rose art uh <laughs> brushes but wes would be like here here are these like and you would be like oh like the little they're in, like, choir this cloth. In the yeah. yeah they're in this cloth like utility belt thing like batman just <laughs> opened up a robin is like here you can use my batarangs type deal um but yeah those man those brushes are phenomenal i was able to get, keep one because uh oh. yeah he was like here you can just keep it he goes this is the your weapon of choice apparently teaches pet yeah <laughs> well I think, Derek, I think the three of us got to keep one each that he saw that we were like how you were saying like it doesn't matter how big the brush is it's how you use it because you could get really thin lines or the mm, fat that you like on how yeah. you use it so i i used the fat one i think derek used the very thin one uh, Derek was like super detail oriented. So he like magnifying glass over his glasses type deal and like wow. very meticulous. And I had this fat brush. I'm just being clumsy with lots of paint and shit and just doing my thing with it. Uh, so we all got to keep one, um, which was pretty cool on that. Um, but yeah, I want to paint again, try to do some stuff like that, bring that back to the forefront and death bag, hopefully next year. It's all laid. It's laid out. It's all written. I'm gonna write another new story to it. Uh, Deathbag goes to a baseball game. <laughs> um, it's gonna be a different Deathbag. Uh, Ashley drew a story for me. Uh, Deathbag versus loading times. Um, <laughs> so like the gamers will will fully get that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the three wise men wrote a story. It's basically Deathbag meets the pandemic. Oh, very uh, cool. And then there's going to be like this weird, um, I'm going to take Deathbag into a different uh, scenario, uh, oh. if we will, uh, for like a main story. So I'm really go back to like that Archie Digest style yeah. where it's like a short story, part of a full story, small story to break it up, kind of keep it episodic. Uh, we're bringing back the pan layer shirt and the sickle. Because I nice. know she hasn't had yeah. that in a while, so it's Classic. called Return of the Sit, uh, Return of the Scythe or Sickle, <laughs> um, and uh, hopefully Adam will come back as cover artist. Um, I yeah, I've... <laughs> and uh, twist, twist my arm. <laughs> hey man, you said all those things and about me, so I have to like now. This is your, uh, this is me beating you up. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's fine. Um, that's fine. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that and uh, possibly Cryptic Closet in like a, two years. Probably do a story for that and yeah, if we decide to do one. But Death Bag for sure. That's like what I've been wanting to do for like the longest time. No, I can't wait. to bring that's him awesome. back. Yeah. yeah. That's my baby. The bag is that, back. And yeah. that's that's the great thing about independent comics right is you can take a hiatus and come back and it's almost like you never missed a beat and people are like oh yeah that's kind of one of those things that i i i missed or or i i need to catch up on and um death bag is definitely one of those those things that uh the people who read it and see it just absolutely love it and it's like kids and adults and yeah it's uh 
So it, it it is one of those really special things that you you, you got to check out. So um, plug away. Feel um, free to 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 plug all your stuff and where can people find you and. So uh, first off, Gorilla Publishing Group dot com. That's where everything is at. Uh, I think it's Gorilla underscore Pub on Twitter. Instagram, Gorilla Publishing. Then my personal stuff. Twitter is LGDA726. And Instagram is Arte de Guerra. Uh, it's A-R-T-E-D-E-G-U-E-R-R-A. And we'll, we'll tag you in uh, uh, the episode. And uh, so no matter where you get your podcast, you will be able to click a link and go to the, the social media uh, of Julio here. Um, again, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, and it was so cool to hang yeah, out with you. It, absolutely. It's always great when that we, we have to do this in person. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Not behind a computer screen, but it, yeah, I, I can't wait. So yeah, that's it. Everybody. Um, make some cool art. You can follow us on Instagram at, uh, pencil vomit. Uh, you can now follow us on Facebook, uh, that we have a Facebook page now, uh, pencil, vomit, pencil vomit podcast. Uh, give us a search, follow us there, get updates there. If you do not have Instagram, um, and, uh, on Patreon, uh, we're there and yeah. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening and, uh, I think we uh, we we covered all. Go out and make some art. Yeah, draw something cool this week. Yeah. Oh yeah, and the prompts are back. Uh, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, the Was prompts are back. Fire. This week fire. is fire. So uh, if if you're don't everyone something... go drawing me now. All right, <laughs> we'll just introduce some some difference out there. There's it was originally going to be. It was going to be. I think I. I hem and hawed a little bit. I was going to be flame rather than fire. Okay. And I just like fire just seems universal. Flame mm -hmm. I it I don't know. Maybe flame could have I well I'll make a flame one eventually. <laughs> uh but uh yeah, so uh draw something fiery and uh tag <laughs> us in it. Tag uh uh at pencil vomit and make sure we can see it. Send it to us and uh we'll share it on our social medias. And we appreciate each and every one of you, except for you. You know who you are. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. We'll talk to you later. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. Cool. Thanks, Julio. That was awesome. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate it, guys. That's Thanks. a good Thank episode. You. So cool getting to peek behind your curtain. Yeah. Oh, man. Dude, like, okay, so that, that, that.